Welcome back, fellow podcasters. It's Freedom Friday, and time for another episode of Jeff Fry, an American conservative. So what happens if President Trump decides he doesn't want to concede this election? I mean, is he actually required to? Because it makes it a lot easier when one of the candidates decides to concede. We can go forward with the transition teams, etc., etc., But in actuality, there is no requirement. And what happens when this takes place? And more importantly, I guess, why would he do it? I guess one can't really fault him for not wanting to concede. After all, I'm under the opinion that there's just way too many voter irregularities, voter fading that took place, glitches in computers, human error, And you know what? Every single one of them went against President Trump's votes. Not a single one of them went against Joe Biden's voting. We're now finishing up recounting in Georgia. And isn't it amazing? We've already found three counties that, for whatever reason, didn't turn their votes in. All three of them being Trump-heavier voting support counties. We're also seeing and hearing where we have backdoor monitoring of real-time vote counting and the ability for these machines being monitored, I might add, from those in faraway countries to manipulate the software to get the desired results that may be needed. How can you blame this president who, after the last four years, has been unjustly accused time and time again, whether it be the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax or, or, or the improper phone calls to Ukraine. and I mean, they just never stop. We had a crisis a week against President Trump. Each one of them, bombshells, according to the, the lying fake news mainstream media, and yet none of them stuck. All were done to try to discredit and take down the president. So now we have an election, which by all rights, and we went into this under our prior podcast, we get to around 1030 at night, President Trump looks like he has the pathway to have a re-election. And then suddenly, voting stopped in about six or seven major Democrat blue cities, And when the counting started again, the comfortable leads that President Trump had magically disappeared. But let's first take a small glimpse at history. Because twice in American presidential election history, we've had situations where there weren't sufficient electoral votes to certify where we had a winner. And although I'll get into a little bit more detail later, this had to do in the 1800 election and then again in 1824. But let's first talk about 
why would the president want to do this? Or actually any candidate. And the reason being is that if there are not sufficient enough numbers by the time the electorates are there to present to Congress, then, and, and, and that would be a, a minimum of 270 electoral votes, then there's a system in place by our Constitution whereby we elect a president. And it's done by Congress. But how can you not have 270 electorates, especially in a situation here where we only have two realistic candidates running? In years past, where you, you might have four or five legitimate contenders running, there was a possibility that some of these number three, four, and five candidates could be receiving electoral votes and that none of the other candidates would get to the number 270. But that's not the case this year. Although we had, I think, seven people running, there wasn't any other candidate other than the Republican and Democrat, which came close to winning any of the states. So then you say, well, I suppose the president has to create enough doubt using legal methods that some of the states were not voted on in a fair manner. And as we speak, there are numerous lawsuits in Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Nevada, and Arizona, where it's being questioned as to the method of counting or receiving votes or how the, the votes were calculated or the mail-in ballots, how were they legitimized. And although that we don't have answers from all of the judges from where these lawsuits have been entered, it is possible that a couple of these states could create enough doubt, it sure looks like it to me, where the vote tallies could not be certified by the first part of December when all of these states are supposed to have certified the results and send their electors to vote for the new president. I have to rightfully assume that this is the strategy that President Trump is taking. If he is able to win a couple of his cases and show voter fraud, a couple of these states could technically reverse themselves with canceled out votes and President Trump could receive the nomination by getting to 270. But the Constitution, interestingly enough, does not prevent a state from using something other than the popular vote in order to appoint the electors that go into the nomination of the president. Each state legislature actually determines how the electors are allocated to the candidates. And this is important because in most states, the winner takes all. So historically, the candidate which in that particular state which has the popular vote, all of the uh, appointed electorates then go towards that candidate when trying to determine the president. But remember, this isn't by law because the state can technically break up 
the electors that go into the tabulation. I'd like to talk about the election in 1800, which uh, referred to at times called the Revolution of 1800. At that time, Vice President Thomas Jefferson, amongst others that he was running with, defeated John Adams to become our president that year. But when the original electors were coming out, there were four candidates that had run that year for office, neither of which had the number of elector votes to become the president. And one of the reasons was, was because a number of the states had split up their regions in order to more fairly represent whatever that particular state uh, who wanted to have as president. As an example, Maryland, they split their vote, five of which went for a one candidate and five went for the other. North Carolina, they split their vote too. Eight votes went with one, four went with another. And Pennsylvania, they split theirs eight votes for one and seven for another candidate. In each of those three states, had they been a winner-take-all, there would have been a clear winner. Now, under the United States Code, they do have procedures on this electoral college that takes place, and it requires that states settle any controversies they may have regarding their electors at least six calendar days before the meeting of the electors. And that time period's coming up right soon here. It is up to Congress, it further says, to determine what to do in the event one or more of these states cannot meet these deadlines. But I want to keep in mind, the Constitution does not require that the states appoint the electors based on the popular vote. So it is possible that a state can resolve their controversy under their law, not a federal law. They can appoint electors, and they can certify the election even if a recount is pending. And I suppose the wisdom of this is because probably every election that we have will have some levels of dispute somewhere, and we would have court systems clogging up the election of our presidents. So this kind of supersedes that. But let's assume that we still get to the time when we're supposed to have certified all the elections and we still don't have a candidate with the required 270 ballots, electoral votes. Well, the Constitution lays it out. And it says that in the event that this happens, the House of Representatives chooses the president. But they don't allow all of the members of the House of Representatives to do this. Each state delegates one of theirs to a vote because each state has only one vote at that time. And then it's up to the individual states to determine how to vote. Keep in mind the District of Columbia is not a state, so therefore it cannot vote. Any candidate must receive at least 26 votes, which would be the majority of the states, in order to be elected. In this regard, it doesn't matter the size of the state, how many people they have, because each state only gets one vote.
Now, as we're speaking, at least the elections we think turn out the way they are, we have 27 states which are Republican advantaged, meaning they have more Republican House of Representatives than Democrat representatives within their states. And we have 20 which are Democrat advantaged. And there are three currently where the number of House of Representatives in that state have equal numbers of Democrats and Republicans. Those three being Iowa, Minnesota, and Michigan. So at first glance, you would think if President Trump can somehow get to the point where the House of Representatives that were recently voted in and will be sworn in by the time that takes place on January the 5th, they should be able to win this purely by majority. Now, can it happen or will it happen? Stay tuned. Because, honestly, if they can prove that perhaps Michigan, Georgia, and Pennsylvania all have enough irregularities that took place that they could be postponed, there would be a sincere chance that neither of those candidates would have 270. As further food for thought, the other election that was decided in the House of Representatives was in 1825, which the House of Representatives voted John Quincy Adams, who was the son of John Adams, to become president over Andrew Jackson. And I might also add that John Quincy Adams, when he was voted in as president, had had, had substantially fewer votes in the popular election than Andrew Jackson at the time, almost a third less. This result was not favorably received by Americans during that period, and four years later, Andrew Jackson ultimately became the next president by a landslide electoral vote. So sit tight, and we'll try to play this thing out as best as we can. In the meantime, I do thank you for sitting in on my podcast, and I do honestly believe that our strength as conservatives will be done with knowledge, and that freedom will be preserved due to the law of order. I am Jeff Fry, an American conservative. I'll be back next week with more to talk about. In the meantime, keep us, U.S., the United States, in mind. Thank you. Everybody who